Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the SG Engage podcast. This is Rachel Hutchison, your host. I have the honor and pleasure of leading corporate social responsibility at Blackbaud, and I am here today with Joanne Pasternak. And Joanne is a wonderful person who does a whole lot of things in the world of social good. She is the founder and chief impact officer at Oliver Rose. And she also created this wonderful thing called Athletes Voices, which we are going to talk about today. So we are here today, Joanne, and welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Great to have you. We're here to talk about... um, really to meet you, to hear a little bit about your background and how you landed where you are, um, but also to hear about what you're doing helping athletes who are really interested in social change, philanthropy, and more. Um, Because you've got so much insight about people who are doing some really amazing things, and we want to hear about it. Well, great. I have a lot of stories to share, but Rachel, I'm just excited to be here. I love the work that BlackBot does. I use the platforms for just about everything I do in the world of philanthropic fundraising. And of course, I'm a big fan of yours personally. So I'm um, wow. excited to talk about this topic today. And, and it's so relevant and so timely. Well, thank you, Joanne. And um, I know that we joke privately that we became friends like during COVID online, although we had met before a couple of years yes. ago, we actually started talking. <laughs> but after you're we one of my remote. BFF COVID friends. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we've gotten to know each other with the big headsets on yes. sitting in our homes. And But you actually grew up in the you know nonprofit world. Your father was a, a nonprofit executive. And so you really have, you know, like this comes, you come by this naturally. So the first thing I want to ask you is what is Oliver Rose? And, and then maybe how did you get to what you're doing today? Just a little bit of background on you. Sure. Uh, So Oliver Rose is an agency that works with athletes, nonprofits, and corporations to find where they intersect around issues related to social impact and social good. Uh, We are based off of philosophy that athletes could and should and can speak up on any issue that's of interest to them, and that the more we empower individuals with playbooks to support their efforts around social justice and social impact, the more successful and the more confident they will be. Um, It's also based off of my um, decade with the San Francisco 49ers leading philanthropy for them, a couple of back-to-back championship seasons with the Golden State Warriors in the NBA, and um, my first job out of law school with Special Olympics at their global headquarters, and really developing this sense that there is a desire, there's a, there's a need to speak up and speak out on our own behalves, and to be able to do so with as much fluidity as possible, and that that can also help athletes transition from their career as a professional sports person to whatever it is they're meant to do with the rest of their lives. Yeah, so you and I met when you were with the Golden State Warriors, I think, and Correct. and you have, you know, you also have a sports background yourself as well, though. So if you don't mind sharing, tell our viewing audience about that a little bit. Well, it's exact opposite of the guys I work with primarily. I was a competitive figure skater, meaning that I like to pretend I'm five foot four, but I'm I'm not. I'm just about a quarter inch shy of that. But figure skating was everything to me when I was growing up. I, I was 
injured in a pretty bad car accident when I was five years old and was restricted from doing a lot of sports. But figure skating was where I found my confidence, where I found my voice. And frankly, when you do a sport where you're deliberately throwing yourself at a cold, hard, wet surface and then being judged by how you do while you're doing that, it it really creates this sense of like, I can do anything. I injured out of the sport when I was a teenager, but stayed involved as a coach with Special Olympics. And then while I was in college, coaching introductory figure skating courses while I was at the University of Pennsylvania. And what I saw was that for so many of the young people I worked with, this was a place where they could feel more free, could be themselves. And even if they were the shyest kid in the class, in the classroom, on the ice, they could shine and, and find that inner energy and inner light. And it's um, it's part of what stayed with me forever. I mean, I'm many, many years past my skating career, but I still define myself as a retired figure skater. Hmm. You know, I grew up in, in Pennsylvania and, you know, of course we had the outdoor rink and the skating rink was the cool place to be uh, mm-hmm. growing up. And I remember working toward my little badges. They were all triangles and you, would, yeah, you know, yeah. ISA, do like <laughs> front crossovers and you'd get yeah. a badge and you do back crossovers and you get a badge. And my sister actually did ice dancing for a while, nice. um, but um, that's really wonderful. And I know it gave you both the experience, but also the credibility that you need when you're working with athletes that you really do understand how kind of all in they are mm-hmm. when they're focused on their sport more so than ever before. Mm-hmm. And then when they're stepping out of their sport, how they're not necessarily ready or equipped to accomplish all the things they want to accomplish because they've been so all in. Well, it's, it's interesting, Rachel. And I think building off of that, I'm also hyper aware of what I gained from spending all that time on the ice. And while it may have taken me away from doing the typical internships or other things that others may have been doing while we were in high school or college, uh, I know how relevant and how translatable the skills that I learned from being coached and being driven and determined and the, the leadership and all of that. I know how relevant it is to the career that I've had since. So one of the elements that we're looking to do within um, Athletes Voices and Oliver Rose is to showcase that that experience that you have as an elite athlete is absolutely translatable to whatever your next step is, whether it's off the field or pitch or ice, or whether you're continuing along that trajectory, that being a center on a football team requires communication skills and um, the ability to think on your feet, unlike just about any career or training you could ever have. And yet so many people fail to understand the opportunity to employ people who have been elite athletes because they look in that and they see that they don't have a traditional educational background or they don't have a traditional work background. But in truth, there's nobody better you could hire than somebody who's been through everything and has worked over the barriers that have been in their way. Yeah, I had I just had a memory of hearing Abby Wambach speak at a um, sports forum Mm -hmm. and talk about this. I can't remember who she said she had the conversation with. It might have been someone like Ariana Huffington, but it was about leadership and how much um, Abby had learned about leadership and thinking about like being that leader on the field and being that captain over an organization. And even Abby herself coming to the realization that that was true. So you do a lot of things. It's almost like you're, you know, it's like your executive coach, counselor, fundraising specialist, strategist. You have customers that that partners that do all sorts of different things. 
But one of the special things that you've done from all of those experiences culminating is creating this this concept called Athletes Voices. So tell us a little bit about what that is. Sure. Well, Athletes Voices is the thing that makes me want to jump out of bed in the morning and get to work because I know that it has tremendous potential. It it originated uh, when I was part of a convening in Rome, Italy, uh, of 200 sports professionals, executives, athletes, and others who were talking with a purpose centered around what it is that sports can do to impact humanity, to make the world a better place. Sounds very, uh, very fluffy and, you know, white clouds and flying around. But really what it was about was how could we bottle this up? And I was asked a question while I was there. I was at the San Francisco 49ers at the time. Folks had just noticed that um, Colin Kaepernick, Eli, Harold and Eric Reed were taking a knee. Others were following. It was certainly a moment in time where people were stopping and some were saying athletes should, you know, shut up and just dribble the ball, keep playing, do what they're paid to do. And others saw the potential and the opportunity and said, well, you have a platform. You actually have an obligation to use it. And those two extremes of you either have an obligation to use it or you have an obligation to not use it, were where this conversation evolved while we were in Rome and I was surrounded by all these great thinkers. What we came up with over you know, a good bottle of wine in Italy was what if we could provide athletes who are interested in engaging in discourse around issues that mattered to them with a playbook that would enable them to really seize the moment when it came to them or to find the moment themselves to be able to stand up and be advocates. And what were the skills that might be beneficial as they were on that journey? And also what were the skills that they were bringing that they could share with others? So it it evolved and evolved, but what it's landed on now is we have two components. Um, We launched it with Harvard University. They were our founding academic partner, and we've since expanded to be able to include all of the historically black colleges and universities and their athletic conferences and a number of other universities who are leaning in with the best of the best of the best academics practitioners. And we're, we now have two programs embedded within Athletes Voices. One is the Pitch for Change speaker series. We've had six episodes so far. We have a few more to go. But what we're doing there is demonstrating the acuity that athletes have to speak up on any topic. So whether it's green sports or it's Black Lives Matter, juvenile diabetes and health awareness, or women's advocacy, um, it really doesn't matter if you have a passion for it we're going to work with you to make sure that you feel as comfortable as possible speaking up and speaking out. And then the second part, which is where we're, we're building, what we're building towards is um, an in, intensive workshop certificate program, which will enable athletes who are newer to using their voices around advocacy and social impact to build out their personalized playbook so that over a 10 month period, they'll be able to emerge with such confidence that the topic that they've wanted to discuss will be an area that they feel they are a subject matter expert in and where they can say, this is my issue and this is what I stand for. Yeah, it's so interesting that you use the word confidence and and you've been really generous and wonderful and introduced me to some of the people that you work with. And we've tried to provide from Blackwood a little bit of advice just about how to go about setting up campaigns and thinking about mm-hmm. things. And it's so interesting. Like you'll say, I'm going to introduce you to fill in the blind person. And you meet, I meet that person and they're amazing because they've just mm-hmm. had all of these incredible achievements in their life. And I'm looking at them as like, wow, uh, it's really, I'm honored that I'm getting to meet this person. And 
to a person, they are all genuinely thrilled and humbled that someone is willing to sit and talk to them about this, about how to build their story, how to increase their confidence. It's so interesting that it's so easy for us on the outside to think of celebrity athletes as being, they got it all figured out and, you know, they don't need advice and guidance. And, and you really kind of are that glue in between that, that helps them connect the dots. Well, it's also, I, I think I can feel where the trepidation would come from about pivoting into a different realm. So an example would be, you have a guy who's a future Hall of Famer who can, who, you know, who has more tackles recorded than any other linebacker in history and, and is just an absolute beast on the field um, in, a, in the best possible way. But who, if a microphone is put in front of him, will freeze because that's a scary situation. Is he capable of doing it? Absolutely. Does he have the confidence? Well, one of the reasons why he might be lacking in confidence when the microphone is put in front of him is because he knows he's exceptional at football. He doesn't know he's exceptional at speaking. And when you are known for being exceptional at something, it's almost as if people expect it to translate over automatically into everything you're ever going to do. And the truth is, is that not one of us, I mean, I was a competitive figure skater, but can I spike a volleyball? No way. Like I will fail miserably. And I'm also a terrible singer. So it would be like asking me to jump out and do a solo at Carnegie Hall. Well, if you put skates on me, sure, let's do it. But, but certainly not singing. So what we're trying to do is essentially train the voice. Say, you have this inside of you. All we need to do is, you know, going back to that music analogy, let's run through the scales. Let's start with the basics. And while you may never be the, you know, the mezzo-soprano in the opera, you're going to be confident enough that you'll be able to stand up and convey what you're looking to convey. The other component of it, though, Rachel, that's really, really important is I really don't want athletes to feel like they need to change their voice to suit some sort of environment that's been, I don't know, pre-prescribed for them. Um, That comes from a deeply personal place for me. Um, my my father was originally from Brooklyn, grew up in a, in a fifth floor walk up and Flatbush, and my grandparents had no formal education. Uh, my dad had to really grasp at every free opportunity that came his way to to acquire an education. Now, many years later, I would reflect and think, gosh, my dad doesn't have, well, he virtually has no Brooklyn accent. His sister, who is a piece of my heart, my Aunt Joyce, she has the thickest Brooklyn accent. What happened? They grew up in the same household. Uh, to fast forward quite a bit, my, my dad ended up with younger onset Alzheimer's. And as the disease progressed, all of a sudden he had a thick Brooklyn accent again. And what I realized was that he'd been suppressing his accent so that he could be interesting enough to fit into the corporate workplace that he had chosen as his, for his career, but not so Brooklyn that it was off-putting or where it became apparent that maybe he didn't quite belong there. And it, it, it really... I mean, honestly, it hurt my heart because I I think about all these athletes I work with and how I want them to speak in the way that is most comfortable to them. Because when you interrupt somebody to tell them how they should speak, not factually, but in terms of the the, the formality, you're actually interrupting them just as they're getting going. And so that's part of what Athletes Voices leans into is we're not telling you to change your voice, to speak in a different way. We're saying we're going to just help you to feel as confident as you can so that when you're speaking on the topic that you've chosen, that you're doing so with the factual basis and with the confidence to stand up. And I don't care what your accent is or anything. 
Yeah. I mean, when I think of you and I think one of the reasons we hit it off so well is you're very genuine and authentic and very human. And you help these people understand that they're also very human and just being who they are and speaking with their own voices actually, to me, is much more appealing than being the brushed and polished, you know, I've got everything all together and actually helping them see that their own stories mm-hmm. of how they came up, of the struggles that they achieved yeah, or handled and overcame are a part of the making of who they are and they make them more identifiable to other people. Absolutely. Um, really and you're really, really good at that. It almost well, like, you. so, so I know I have a spirit of full disclosure here. Mm-hmm. I'm involved with Athletes Voices and yes. on a, a little philanthropic advisory council that Joanne has put together. Not so little. Sorts. And by the way, Rachel was the one of the first people I called when we were building out this uh, philanthropic advisory council because I couldn't imagine doing this without you, Rachel, honestly. Well, thank you. But you put together this great group and this great community, and it's a great way to meet other people. But you've been doing this series, you've done six sessions. And at the end, I'm going to ask you to tell us where everybody can go to maybe catch up on those or make sure they know what the future ones are. But I found the sessions to be, they're usually in the early evening if you're East Coast time. And they're, I wouldn't call them gritty, but they're very real. They're very, you know, a couple of people, you know, athletes or people related to the sports world who are really talking about and unpacking something that is important to them and very genuine and often sharing stories that can be hard to hear. But uh, I would encourage everyone to actually check those out. So that's one of the things you're doing. And you're going to continue to do that right throughout the year. I am. And and kind of just to to double down on that a tiny bit, um, these sessions, as you said, we're asking people to step forward to speak about topics that are of interest to them. And it isn't necessarily the one that somebody might expect them to speak about. So an example is we had one that was focused on sustainability, the environment, and the role that sports and athletes play in supporting green initiatives. And the woman who just blew me away, it's a woman who's a a sailor, an Olympic sailor, and she has medaled. She represents Great Britain, is originally from Jamaica. And she spoke with a passion about why she wanted to save the ocean, because as a sailor, that's where her happy place is. And she saw the degradation and it bothered her. Well, I don't think it came up until almost the very end that Alexandra is also a Paralympic athlete, a tetraplegic, and uh, that she uses a wheelchair and competes in sailing as a Paralympic athlete. But that wasn't why she was on this webinar. She was on the webinar to talk about environmentalism, not about being a Paralympic athlete, not about being a tetraplegic and, and her passion shone through. And it didn't, it didn't matter what her athletic component was of that. It's that she's an elite athlete out there on the waters and concerned about the longevity of our, you know, our planet's health. So I, I, I love that. I love that it wasn't even part of the conversation because it's the first thing somebody might see or think when they first meet somebody. But mm-hmm. isn't it cool when we can dive deeper and just say, like, let's, what do you want to talk about? What do you Yeah, and that's about? really understanding diversity and inclusiveness and not jumping to a conclusion. Mm-hmm. So Athletes Voices is going to have a, a kind of in-person event, correct? So you're going to have a kind of almost summer camp over a number of days <laughs> <Yeah>. for <laughs> definitely up-and-coming athletes, people who... Some me may know, some me may not know yet, mm-hmm. correct? And who would come and learn 
about things like personal branding, Mm -hmm. how do you set up your own crowd fundraising page, you know, those kinds of things, right? Is the, am I, do I have that right? I mean, it's, you know, that's our partners and our athletes who have already leaned in to be on the advisory council are focused on helping to elevate the positions and the, the confidence of those who join the program. They will be elite professional and Olympic caliber athletes. Um, we are excited that we have interest from across the board. I mean, everything from a Paralympic fencer to an NBA, um, retired, a recently retired NBA player. Although there's a cost involved, the athletes who are from the higher profile sports are actually going to be able to offset and underwrite the participation of every athlete. So we're looking to make it free for those who need it to be. And to create that community, that sense of community, even within the structure of the cohort, we are developing sub cohorts so that we'll be cross populating. So the athletes will be split up into groups. So maybe that Paralympic fencer is in the same group with the NBA retiree and they're finding all these points of connectivity, but also looking to amplify each other's voices as well. And that's been happening organically during this process where we've seen those who have never met before this time leaning in and saying, hey, so we're both looking at pay equity, but from different vantage points, what if we join forces and start talking about it together? How much more can we accomplish? So part of this after we have the initial convening is that we'll be able to go out and do some, hopefully COVID will cooperate in-person sub-convenings at the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic headquarters or at Grambling State University, where they have the Center for Race and Social Justice and Sport, so that if you are diving into a particular topic, you're now able to be around those practitioners and do an intensive to follow up and to continue to build your voice around it. Yeah, that's really terrific. Um, Really equipping, you know, because you've said to me many times, these athletes spend all of their time. It's very prescribed. It's, Mm -hmm. they don't have time to be doing these things that would be considered extra. And you're kind of giving them that expert advice and guidance so that they can, can launch in the world. And, and as you mentioned, the practitioners are really important. We have, you know, folks, obviously, Blackboard, but also LinkedIn working on how to build out a LinkedIn profile that amplifies the skills that you bring to the table. We're working with Pixar on, and Gibson Guitar on storytelling and, and how do you depict that or how do you amplify it through music? What do what you want people to feel, to see, to do? And then also just the technical elements of it. It's how do you do this? So we also have, and this is probably my favorite part, actually, we have an undergraduate fellows program. So we've developed that. The athletes will be supported by current undergraduate students who will provide them with that continuity over the 10 months to be able to keep them accountable, but also to be a support network for them. So Rachel, one of the things that Blackboard so generously done is offered to train all of our undergraduate fellows. So our undergraduate fellows who are coming from the most elite universities in the U.S., from everywhere, from Stanford and, and Harvard and Spelman, Howard, it's it's a really cool mix of students. Um, they're going to come out as entry-level experts on BlackBud software, on LinkedIn Pro, on um, how to use these different tools so that not only are they helping the athletes, but it's leveling them up as well so that their career gets gets fast-tracked, which is maybe the most exciting part to me because I love seeing spark in a 19-year-old or 20-year-old's eyes. And, uh, and we still have spots available 
for the application. So I can put in a plug there. If you know of an exceptional undergrad who's interested, it doesn't necessarily have to be in sports, but is interested in helping to amplify voices for change. We'd love to have them look into the program and apply. Yeah, it's almost like a internship in or a personal brand management and campaigns, you know, using social media and other tools, but also exactly. storytelling and helping, you know, a lot of people have wonderful stories, but they don't feel comfortable about how to pull them out of themselves mm-hmm. and, and capture them. So yeah. I think it's really wonderful. I know, remember when you first mentioned that concept to me, I said, oh, we have to like, we have to mentor the mentors, you know, yes. the students are the <laughs> Mentors, and how do we mentor the mentors and help them because they're our future? Um, well, and, and again, Rachel, I mean, like you're not you're not a, you're not telling me I have to say any nice things, but I have to because I'm compelled to. You created that momentum around the idea of having our our undergraduate fellows receive specific training so that they could go out and do that work. And I I mean, it's you know, one of the top bullets is you will learn how to leverage software like Blackboard software to be able to amplify whatever cause it is that's most important to you as well. So you're supporting the athletes, but you're 19, 20, 21 years old. You're clearly a driven individual. What can we do to arm you with the tools you need to be as successful as possible within your chosen field too? Yeah. And whatever that field is, those are really, those are skills that everybody needs. I mean, how many people, I know a lot of people come to me and say, you have a good LinkedIn profile. Could you help me? I actually wrote something that I've shared with many people, how to create a good LinkedIn profile. And, you know, that's just a basic little example. So I know you work with a lot of different people and you have to be careful about who you talk about and all of that. Um, I love that you work with people who you feel genuinely in their hearts are doing this for the right reasons and, who really want to go out and change the world. Do you have any stories or, or examples you would share with this audience of things you're really proud of that you've seen athletes do? Oh my gosh. That's, that's a, that's a loaded question. It's like asking me to pick my favorite child. I have two and I no, love it's them. like, how do you pick? Yeah, yeah. no, I, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you know, one of my, one of my favorite stories relates to an athlete who I'm just, I'm, I'm just like, Tony Rogge. Tony Rogge is not an athlete you would necessarily know. He played a number of different roles on the offensive line in, in the National Football League for about a decade. And Tony is a unifier just at his core. He's an absolute unifier. And he would show up for every community event that we were doing when I was at the San Francisco 49ers. But he showed up differently. He'd show up like his whole heart. He's a big tall, strong, redheaded guy, and always had a huge smile. Um, when I met him, he had one little girl. He then, by the, by the time he left the Niners, he had two little girls. And he was so passionate about amplifying the voices of girls and women because his wife was an elite college athlete and they had two little girls. And he just said, I want them to believe anything's possible. Tony spent 10 years in the league primarily because he was such a leader in the locker room and had such a great voice. But when he realized that he was going to wind down his career, he came to me and it was, it was what you said. He said, I want to apply for some, some internships and graduate school. And I'm looking at these things, but I have nothing to put on a resume, like nothing. What bullet point do I have? And, and I remember we were sitting around this round table I had in my office at the Niners. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Tony? You have, and we start, I said, describe what it's like to play at center. Describe what it's like to be in the locker room. What's it like when you're protecting the quarterback and everything goes wrong? How about when you can't hear the quarterback 
communicating with you because you're at the Seahawks stadium and it's too loud or, you know, all of these things are relevant. Well, if you move forward many, many years now, Tony's daughters are teenagers. They're both incredibly athletic, beautiful, confident young women. And Tony is a firefighter for the Dallas uh, fire department, but he's also working on his PhD and he's looking at emergency management, risk management. And it's funny because I joke, I'm like, you're doing exactly what a center does. You're surveying the situation, you're assessing it, and you're applying those learnings to your field of choice as a career. And although when you look at him, you know that he clearly played a sport because he's so massively tall. He said people are often surprised when they find out he's a football player because they make assumptions about intellectual capacity or strength Mm. or drive based on what they believe they know about you because you're a football player. And that's the same story I could tell for the highest profile players I work with, as well as those you may never have heard of, is you just you should never underestimate somebody who has dedicated their their childhood and their growing up experience to being the best at something, because being the best at something is completely translatable. So that's it's a unique, unique story. And I'm, I'm actually really excited to be able to see Tony um, when I'm in, in Dallas after I get my vaccine and I head down there for some work stuff. But but he's he's an example of just you take take that hard work and pay it forward. Yeah, that's such a great story. And I remember in one of our first conversations, you said something to me about imagine what it's like to work with these people who are retiring at, in their early 30s. Yep. And if the best lucky. things, yeah, and the best things they've ever accomplished, like the biggest things they've ever mm-hmm. accomplished might be behind them. And yep. how do they reorient to think about all the things they could accomplish, but that are different? Um, really, really interesting. So, I may talk to you for hours about this. And we do usually. So that's (laughs) that's the fun part. This is, this is one of those, I'm like, it's a podcast, but I'm just talking to my friend, Rachel. Um, We we share this, this passion and we share this vision. And I I guess one of the reasons I always love talking to you is because I know that you like me, whether the the camera's on or you're recording it or not, like we're going to have the same conversation because we really, really, really care about this. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you just mentioned this and I remember saying that to you. And I also remember saying, in what other career do you become less valuable and less skilled as you advance with your maturity? Like yeah. sports are really unique in that. The fact that I peaked at 16 and that I could only go downhill from there with the sport is very, very different than the typical professional environment that most of us find ourselves in. But yet if we can look at it as a continuum, instead of like you quit your sport or you retired or you injured out, um, instead we're saying, here's what you've, the skills you've honed in your sport, we're now going to roll those over into this next chapter and pull the pieces that are absolutely going to allow you to get a head start on the next chapter to amplify your impact. And that's, that's really helping to create the, um, the understanding, like what's this Gantt chart, you know, what is it that an athlete's bringing that makes your workplace better, stronger, more resilient, has a different vision and to, to honor that and to look at it with enthusiasm versus, well, let's, I mean, I once had somebody say to me, Duane, you have to put that chapter behind you. That's not the playbook you're working from anymore. 
And I thought to myself, when you say that to me, you're essentially saying, don't be you and don't be everything that you're made of. And it was, it, it was, I mean, it was one of those statements that just stuck with me. The same person also said, you should have a growth mindset. And I thought to myself, well, I spent six months bruising the same exact spot on my hip to try to land the double axle. And I kept going. I clearly understand what it means to have a growth mindset, but let's talk about what you think it means and and to move that forward. So you're going to get a lot when you hire an athlete, you're going to get an amazingly driven individual. And it's part of it is in sports, we get knocked down and we get back up again. It's like that Chumbawamba song, you know, you get knocked down and get back up again, but never do you have to do it so quickly and so publicly as you do when you're working in professional sports, period, or youth sports, your kid kicks an own goal. What are you going to tell them? They're on the oh, AYS. Gosh. I've had own goals. I was of a defender on the like, soccer field. Soccer it's like, you, oh, <laughs> yeah. When you're the central defender and you get yeah. an own goal, it is not a pretty sight. My my not very dear friend, Brandy Chastain, famously kicked an own goal, washed it off, just let's get rid of that moment, and went on to kick the winning goal. And she's famous for the winning goal. And most people have no idea that there was an own goal that preceded that. And I think that's a really good analogy for life. It's you might have kicked the own goal, but like, what are you going to do next? What's your next chapter? And so that's that's what Athletes Voice is about. That's what Oliver Rose looks to do. And that's why it's it's amazing to be able to partner with people who have a platform where they can they can take that moment of learning that they have and hopefully enable like every time I'm with Brandy and she's speaking and I hear her talk to young girls, she started an organization called the Bay Area Women's Sports Initiative. And I hear Brandy talk to them. She says, I messed up and I wanted to cry and I wanted to get off the field and just hide, but I couldn't because I had a job to do. And I got back on that field and I kicked that penalty kick with my left foot and we won. Yeah. And I watched that game. I'm a huge soccer fan yes. and I don't remember the own goal. Right. See? Most people yeah, don't No, I, I, and I definitely remember the end. Um, so Joanne, this is an amazing conversation. I could go on forever, but instead I think let's wrap this up by having you advise us and our viewing audience, listening audience, mm-hmm. where do they go if they want to learn more about athletes voices, if they want to follow, see some of the, or hear some of the conversations you've already had tap into ones that happen in the future. What, uh, what sites do they go to? So the first place to go is athletes, that's plural, athletesvoices, plural, dot org. So athletesvoices.org. If you go onto our website, you can learn a little bit more about Pitch for Change as well as our upcoming um, certificate program. You can learn a little bit more about the individuals who are involved. And you can also click where it says webinars and get a glimpse into the webinars that we've had so far. Through that site, you can actually access the links to our Facebook page, which is we go we use Facebook Live for each of our broadcasts, and they all live there as well. So you can also go to facebook.com backslash Athletes Voices if you're looking to just directly access past webinars and also to see the schedule of upcoming webinars. We have a few more topics we're going to be covering before the end of the school year and uh, you know things like bias-free policing and um, gun control. We're looking at play equity and and sports and and PE as a social justice issue and a number of other topics. So there's lots of time to catch up and there's lots of excitement going forward into season two of Pitch for Change, as well as as we build out the convening this summer. Well, Joanne, I want to thank you 
for joining us on the SG Engage podcast. Fantastic conversation. Everyone, please do check out athletesvoices.com and get more info. And for all of our viewing audience, I just want to say thank you for joining us. Thank you for continuing to join us on all of our podcast episodes. And this is Rachel Hutchison signing off.